What's up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the host of the People's Party. I know you've been enjoying it so far. We thank you for your love and support. We got more People's Party coming up in the future. We got Godfrey. We got MERS. We got Razzcast. We got so much going on right now with the People's Party. You don't want to miss it. Talib Kweli, Jasmine Lee, the People's Party, Up Rocks. This is how we do it. See y'all in a second. Peace and love, party people. This is Talib Kweli. You are in tune to another episode of The People's Party with Talib Kweli and the wonderful Jasmine Lee. Give it up. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. How you doing, Jasmine? I'm doing amazing. I love when you give it up for me. So I got to give it up for you. Yeah, man. I'm got to give it up for you. The amazing co-host. Oh, I'm amazing? Yeah, you're pretty amazing. You're going to make me cry. Um, (laughs) Jasmine is a good friend of mine. We have another good friend of mine here today. Today's People's Party guest is not just a rapper. He is a lyricist. He is an MC. He is an actor. He is an all-around swell guy. He is a friend of mine. He's one of the classic, legendary, not just West Coast, but globally recognized MCs on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, give it up for Raz Cass. Razzy Cassie. What up? <laughs> Thank you, bro. What's up, Razzy? Happy to be here. Happy to see you. Yeah, man. People's party. Yeah, you know. man. I've gotten to talk to a lot of my friends doing this. I've noticed. Um, some of the people I've met through social media, uh, but as you've seen, there's a couple of people that I know. Right. You know what I'm saying? You one yeah. of them homies that I know for real. Yeah, we go back. Yeah, so we gonna get into we it. Got, we got bowling stories. Bowling. Yeah, let's start with I that. Like I was gonna bring it up. That is on my list. When I first started coming out to the West Coast, I would call Razzcast, and one night we went on a double date bowling <laughs> at like some Korean gangster bowling alley oh, God. that he took me to. Yeah. Thank you for that. You showed me yeah, the real we had, a, we had a great Los time. Angeles. We had a good time. Um, your name, Razzcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, not your real name. It's uh, your MC name. I, I say it differently. Okay. It, 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 uh, Native American, certain tribes, mm-hmm. uh, they named themselves. You named yourself. It's the name that I took for myself. Okay, word up. Um, it, so it is my real name. Okay, got you. my got birth you. name. Got it you. my my name. Where? What does it mean? Roscos was actually a, a historical figure. He was an Ethiopian uh, prince fighting with uh, Menelik II for control of uh, Shoah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was reading it, uh, he was John the Fourth. Mm-hmm. I'm technically John the Fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my birth certificate, I'm John Aust- John Richard Austin the Second, number two. But my grandfather and my great grandfather were John Austin. So I'm okay. John Austin. I'm John the Fourth. John Austin the Fourth. Okay. And I felt like. I, at the time, I was trying to figure out who I would call myself, who I wanted to be. I knew I wanted mm-hmm. to be an MC. I was already getting knowledge of self, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to keep the, my slave name, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it hit me. I was just like, I am John IV. It still have, you know, lay some respect to my father, um, you know, my biological, and, and into my culture and my history. So mm-hmm. um, because uh, I'm not the Ross, it would be pronounced Roscos, like uh, Rastafarian or mm-hmm. Jarastafari. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm a Cali dude. Raz, I put a twang <laughs> on it. So I called it Razz instead of Raz. Right. Roscos. Okay. The Karis one still calls me that. <laughs> Roscos. Roscos. I like it because it rhymes. Do you understand the meaning of the name <laughs> Roscos? Roscos. You got to put your pinky up when you say that name. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've told me on more than one occasion that you did not like me when we first met. 
Oh. Okay, so he, <laughs> oh, wow, you dang. went there too. So no, <laughs> right let's away. tell the truth, Shane the Devil. So we were in. I'm a, I think it's I, a funny story. That's yeah, uh, yeah, because I, I was a fan, right? Mm -hmm. We go to London to do Tim Westwood, mm -hmm. and I lose my voice. Mm -hmm. And Quad decides this is the first time to tell because I'm working. This is my second album has come out, and I'm already kind of taking some flack from like magazine writers saying I'm some degree of like I'm trying to. Almost implication, like I sold out because I did a song with Dr. Dre, and I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, I'm a West Coast dude. I'm a mm -hmm. prisoner. I'm a, you know, I'm talk about homies gangbanging. I'm with Battle Cat mm. every other day. I'm being true to myself and trying to be true to, you know, hip hop. And you guys are creating this one expectation that everything I do has to be mm -hmm. lyrical styles, lyrical styles. When mm -hmm. I'm always done hood music too, you mm -hmm. know, mixed in there. And Quad decided to tell me that he felt like I had let him down oh. and I couldn't <laughs> speak. <laughs> So I couldn't speak. I was like, oh, <laughs> And then, you know, then we went bowling, I think. Right? Yeah, then we went bowling. Yeah, That's we, a great we, way to we've been, Look, we've been partying in New York a lot. Yeah. So Razzcast, you know, I don't, Razzcast used to be in New York a lot. You still be in New York a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. But I spent how my time there. Yeah, like when, when I was first coming up in the game at Raucous, like I'd go out to the party, we'd go out to Lotus, yeah. Ale Skills or something. Yes. You know, somebody, DJ Goldfinger would be DJing or yes. something. Yes. You know, we'd be at all the hottest New all York All the shit. hottest clubs, yeah. Razzcast was in there with that fur coat. Yeah. No, sweating. <laughs> the, no. Oh, okay. I understand what the design of a mink is for. It's to keep it insulated whether it's hot or cold. So you can rock a mink in the summer and feel great. So yeah, I was, yeah, oh. we called it the uh, wise, wise from uh, the Rangers. He called it the the stinking minkin. The stinking minkin. It's so funny. Um, my grandmother is ninety two, about to be ninety three, and mm -hmm. she's already told me that I get the mink coat when she takes her demise. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> yeah, to see. They're beautiful thing. I mean, you know, at the time I was, you know, I was rebelling a little bit uh -huh. for my label. So that was the one treat to myself was right. to buy the mink. So I enjoyed it. It was <laughs> fun. I still have it. Now you talked about being a West Coast MC, and, and um, one thing I noticed, like you've always been back and forth f f uh, from New York, and clearly you're influenced by New York. Yeah. Um, I heard you on K. Slade talk. You just mentioned the Rangers, right? You mm -hmm. K. Slade was talking about you wanted the first MCs come up to his tenement project apartment and lay down freestyles in New York City. Yeah, and um, you know I've I've seen you talk about in interviews how you used to sort of reconstruct people's albums or fix people's albums in your head mm -hmm. um but you talked about new york state of mind being a perfect song that was the first perfect song mm -hmm. i ever heard yeah you know as a fan i'm a fan first and mm -hmm. I, ho I will hope i will always be a fan first because mm -hmm. if i wasn't a student of this and learning and appreciating it i, I don't think i deserve to be in it mm -hmm. you know the people are like oh just want the bag well go you know go do something else man mm -hmm. because you kind of wasting energy and karma and and your you know, platform. And spaces. Yeah, you wasting space on our platform. Mm -hmm. So I would study, you know, I, I heard albums, I, you know, I, but, you know, for one, I, 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 I love the records, but I always feel like if he would have just fixed this one line, mm -hmm. I still do it to myself. Like, right. I listen back like, ah, you shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just change this one structure of this, of this two bars, it would have been sicker. Mm -hmm. Um... Cause it's that whole line for line thing, like mm -hmm. lyrically, how do you get better and better and better and just mm -hmm. raising that bar. And uh, yeah, New York State of Mind, I can honestly say, I remember first time hearing it, being completely blown away. Um, and there was only one line I thought I would fix and then I changed my mind. Which line? Um, 
Once they caught me off guard, the Mac-10 was in the grass and I ran like a speak the cheetah with thoughts of an assassin. Picked the Mac up, told brothers back up, the Mac spit. One ran, I made him back flip. And I was like thinking about if you really hit somebody with a tech, <laughs> then, then, what you, then he ain't gonna do no back super backflip. I was right. like, I made his back split. Mm. And that was the only fix in the rhyme and I was okay with it. Cause I was like, he just shot him so, so hard. He literally <laughs> he did a backflip. Back but that was the only fix in that rap. It was one, it's, it's the first perfect rap I, I feel deep, like. Right? I think it's the perfect, it's visual. Mm -hmm. The storytelling is, is immaculate. The wordplay, mm -hmm. the feel, the vibe, the production. Mm -hmm. He picked the right record, like mm -hmm. him and Preem. I can't that um, dispute that. For me, that record would probably be Follow the Leader. Mm. I feel like that's a perfect yeah. Yeah. rap record. Yes. Um, yes. I felt like Rakim took me in outer space. You listen to that record, right. you're like, wow, I'm up there with the balls of clay. Yeah. But I bring that up because. I couldn't understand all of Rock, because thinking mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. uh, just to add on to that, as a LA person, we don't we didn't have a big five percent mm -hmm. uh population five percenters mm -hmm. so i just now be picking up bars from rock <laughs> right, right, right. last week <laughs> like oh right. god be speaking so i think that was already over that was over my head mm -hmm. following the leader at the time because i remember the first time he said i'm god i was like oh that must be new york slang like mm -hmm. golf g g o w right, or right, something right. i was like that must mean something else because you can't my, be calling some god, god real. I, yeah right. i grew up catholic i'm like right. you going to hell <laughs> right, you know, right so yeah i just was a little bit late but yeah follow leader right. impeccable that's the perks of music because as you continue to listen to it you get something more from it every time and how you said like you know you have to grow into it sometimes there's a lot of things that you listen to when you were a child or whatever that you were rapping the words but you really didn't understand Facts. what you were talking about and then as mm -hmm. you you know get more life experiences you're like oh that's what you were talking oh, yeah. about i listen to oldies and realize just how grimy they was right. talking they mm -hmm. was talking slick and right. perverted right. And all, you know, they hit it a lot more style. back in the day though you had to like know what they were talking right. about right. Get well, when you watch that five five uh documentary about marijuana and he says that back in the days jive was slang for weed mm -hmm. which i didn't know and it makes a lot a lot of records make a lot more sense if you see i, yeah. I haven't seen the five five I yeah it's go good it. it's good i heard it was lit yeah, um that. as a lyricist from the west coast though mm -hmm. I've heard this before from other lyricists from the from the West Coast is that the shadow of N.W.A. and Dr. Dre and Ice Cube and obviously what they did was very artistic and culturally relevant and very lyrical. But, you know, the shadow of gangster rap, which was started by N.W.A., was sort of very big and hard for a lot of people to escape from. Is that a true thing? I, I would say yes. Mm -hmm. um, I think within the community of hip hop in L.A. or the West Coast, mm -hmm. everything else was coexisting. It was what the the market started trying to determine what was viable. Mm. Because you got to remember, at the same time, you still had Dale. You know, mm -hmm. Dale got to come out and do Mr. Dabalina. Right. You know, but he had to juxt. He had to market, yeah, he market was associated it as well. This Ice Cube's cousin. cousin. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And and they they were. I, we still call it like you know. Uh, only up until recently did people not have to succeed based off the NWA family tree. Mm -hmm. Really, 2009-ish, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, everything's kind of been from that tree. Um, and 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 it, it was there was a time when you could still, you know, they, were, they weren't necessarily uh, exclusive to each other. Mm -hmm. There was a time where the, the gangster party had the hip-hop heads and the hip-hop heads had the gangster party mm -hmm. in it because they were all from the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, they all grew up together, and then we got that differentiation. It was really based on record sales, and then what what the market, what labels started determining was viable, um, and then you know 
artists tend to parrot, you know, what they hear, like, oh, well, we this and y'all that. And, it, and, and originally it wasn't that. Mm. That was a hard fight. I mean, mm. honestly, there, were, there was very few of us getting signed, mm -hmm. getting major record deals because, you know, labels just felt like, why should I get that when I can get another another Ice Cube and, mm -hmm. you know, or, or you know, you and you weren't going to get another Ice Cube. You were going to get a, a, a Rice Cube. You're gonna right. get a fake. <laughs> Rice Cube. Yeah, thought, you, right. You're just going to get a fake version, right. you know what I mean? But, you know, labels aren't really in the business necessarily of finding talent mm -hmm. a lot of times. They're just looking for, oh, we, you guys got a Prince. We mm -hmm. want a Prince. And mm -hmm. that's the problem because you can't keep replicating people, and that's why things are not as genuine. Right. Because you have somebody that doesn't even know the other person's story that they're trying to rap like. Exactly. Um, you said that New York had the influence of the 5% and the more cultural influence, and you, you joked about uh, just now getting things that Rakim said, but some people might say they're just now getting things you said in Nature of a Threat or Nature or, or Interview of a Vampire. Yeah, you know, well, for me, I, w I was getting knowledge itself, but it wasn't 5%. I was stepping into Nation of Islam, Moorish, mm -hmm. the, the Moorish Nation, mm -hmm. Nation of Islam. So my, my information base was different, although akin to and related to 5%, where somebody else, you know, um, wherever you get it, mm -hmm. encyclopedia, you know, mm -hmm. You know, uh, 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 I didn't know what a umi says means right. at first. Right. Just not, you know, I don't have that cultural background. You know, right. I grew up a Catholic. So there's certain things that, you know, you get it where you get it and you build the rest of it as mm -hmm. a foundation. And so for me, I was always history mm -hmm. and Moorish science mm -hmm. is what I was building on. And so that's why I was coming out the way it came out and, and why some people couldn't get it. You know, just right. certain songs, Nature of the Threat, you know, there was pe some people that really felt offended. <laughs> I, I, I was uh, thinking about interviewing you and I was watching some of your old interviews mm -hmm. and you expressed surprisingly to me a little bit of regret about that record. Uh, yeah. Now to me, nature of the threat, uh, I think for a lot of hip hop heads, whether you're white, black, whatever, it is considered a standard bearer for lyrical hip hop. Like when people were like, oh, hip hop is dumb, it's not lyrical, it's not smart. Have you ever heard no, Razzcast's right. Nature of the Threat? Right. You know, me, obviously, I'm a pro-black rapper. Right. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with, with that record. You know well, what I'm saying? Well, like, well, I, this is, was my only regret. I don't regret the facts. Mm -hmm. I can't change what the facts are. Mm -hmm. Theses is start with, with an with a, with a opinion, mm -hmm. and then you use facts to prove, to prove the opinion. Mm -hmm. And so, at the time, I was pretty fired up, and I feel like I was a little meaner. There's a little <laughs> way to do tough love. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> or facts. So right. And so I don't regret the song. I don't regret making the mm -hmm. song. I, you know, it, it was in my spirit. It, it meant to be said. It, mm -hmm. Like, it needed to be said. It it flowed out so, so naturally. It is what it is. I don't mm -hmm. regret that. I just felt like sometimes you got to put the medicine in a little, with a little Kool-Aid or something. Mm -hmm. I was just strictly like, shut up eat the medicine right <laughs> right and i kind of you know like to, to my to my company's credit back then because that was on my demo mm -hmm. so i mean they knew what they was getting mm -hmm. <laughs> right. they, they knew you know right. we used to have those conversations like like what did you think was gonna happen i wrote an eight minute history on racism and the evolution of humanity like mm. when do you think right. i'm gonna eight jump out of a six phone with no hook right like yeah like when did you think i was gonna put on a jerry curl hat and, and, and jump out of six floor. I would love That's what it is, because it's all, to me, it's like a uniform. Like, just, like, Throw on the juice. All of a sudden, everybody had braids and, and the khaki suit and, you know, and walking, you know, it's like, right. honestly, I, I literally remember telling the owner of my company, like, 
Bro, I forgot how to crip walk before you met me. Mm. I forgot how to. Right. Like, I've been doing this, bro. That's some shit I outgrew. Yeah, I'm cut from this cloth, and I I got some information and some knowledge of some self and some direction from older homies that wanted to see me do better. Why would I go backwards on my homies? Mm -hmm. Mm. When you um, did Soul on Ice, it was very impactful back, you know, turned 20 in 2016, (laughs) and now you're doing another one. Um, Why do you feel it's important to redo it, and are you worried about, you know, that legendary song, like having to. Oh, the album. It's the, the album. album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is the album. album. The whole album. Sorry. So nice album. Yeah. Um, for me, So Nice Two was was not something necessarily that I was gonna revisit. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I like I've done a couple of projects in the past three years because you know at first it would have been like my twentieth anniversary, um, and just in the past like year and a half I just felt like I was recording these records that subconsciously were for something. Mm-hmm. And I had to just take inventory and understand what I wanted to do and how I felt. And, uh, you know, like, I'm a firm believer of, you know, never, never, never put out a rhyme before it's time, never put a song out before it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blasphemy record, I wrote those records in 2005, half of them. Mm-hmm. I just sit them to the side and come out until 10 years later. So with this, it was just time for me to take some inventory it's almost 25 years of my life I've been doing this for more than half my entire life. You know, doing, like, we're blessed to be able to look mm-hmm. up and, and have that kind of journey, uh, whether it had all the baubles and, the you know, the 18 Bentleys and all that. It, that that's not what's valid to me, the fact that I got to pursue my dream, mm. have a life, have a career, doing something I love, and look at, you know, take some inventory about who I am as a human being. What have I learned? Have I, have you know... Uh, do I, you know, did I get better? Or did I get worse? And then the other part was outside of looking in the mirror for me was looking at society. When I wrote Nature the Threat, how wrong was I? I think mm. it's getting worse. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that record is very relevant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- a lot of the, uh, that album holds up. It's it's literally song for song relevant. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to analyze that in and of itself to look at myself. Like the first song on the album is called Silver Anniversary, and I'm talking about 25 years later. Mm-hmm. What's different? I'm like, not much. Especially in Trump's America. It's like we're going backwards a little bit. Well, I just said that. It's a regression. So I think I'm even more right than ever. Mm -hmm. And um, it just was, you know, it was just certain songs. I I was never trying to do, like, for brand purposes, number two. Mm -hmm. But for me, this was the second stage of me looking in the mirror 25 years older, um, 25 years later, and and trying to do some some self-analysis about who I am as a person. Mm Um, you spoke about um, accolades and not receiving the the accolades that people get with the with the, the material items. But I mean, you and me both got source rhyme of the month. Oh yeah, yeah. that's like a huge accolade. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Rene- yeah. uh, Remain anonymous is the record, right? Yeah, yeah. I got two. You got two. I only got one. So look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but how to ex- explain how that feels for people who are not MCs? What oh, that man. means? Um, to, you know, for me, that's all, look, my, my journey started simple. And they always say, be careful what you ask for, but I'm very thankful for, for what I've gotten. Mm-hmm. And so all I really wanted was a, a tape or a record with my voice and my face on it to give to my mother because she believed in me. Mm. Um, and I wanted everybody, because I'm a fan first, all, my, all, my, all the people I looked up to, I wanted them to say, you're dope. I wanted Pharrell Monch wow. and Nas and Tupac and, and, and Big Daddy Kane and you know, too many to mention, Red Man and Wu-Tang Clan and 
pun to say, you know, most deaf, Kweli, mm-hmm. gang of people. I wanted them to say, you dope, mm-hmm. common, twisted, Respect. whatever. I keep, I'm going right, to keep on going. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, that's what I, that's really what I, what I wanted to get. And then let alone getting a source, mm-hmm. dopest quotable. Twice. Know, twice. The first time, just as, I'm like, okay, like I'm, you know, these are people that changed and affected my journey, my life. I'm thankful to this culture. It gave mm-hmm. everybody, it, the majority of people I know and lots of people I don't know, this, this music in one way, shape, or form has given them a life, mm-hmm. a, 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 a career, mm-hmm. a journey. Um, and so, you know, to be appreciative of that and be regarded as really good at doing what we do, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's always humbling for me. You know, I, I wish, I wish we still collectively um, appreciated the craft of, 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 of being a lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is in 2019, and I don't, you know, I don't like to be the bitter old guy. That's mm-hmm. not my job. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we still look like kids, especially mm-hmm. me. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be a kid until I can't quit. Right. But <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I'm a toy. Well, I'll be a grown man, but I, I, you know, I don't want to beat up Grown-ass face. I want the face. Yeah. yeah, you know, but, you know, like, this is the only job where being whack at it is the reward. <laughs> like you can't be the Indy 500 driver and keep crashing the car right. when you started. Yeah. They're not gonna let you drive the car anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't be the guitar player like I'm thrashing and doing nothing. Breaking they, they're gonna get mm-hmm. out of here. You mm-hmm. can't say I'm the fastest man alive, and you know, mm-hmm. and and and, and you moonwalking. Right. So. It, it, this is the one thing where it's like rap, but I don't care about your lyrics. Like, what is? I don't even understand that. So I don't know when we turned into like full moron, mm-hmm. where being bad at what you do is is the reward now. Right. But we were <laughs> we were talking about it like before when um, Angela Rye was here because it's like a difference between how hip hop and rap used to be, and now it's this pop rap and this like you know. Because when rap first came out, it was about storytelling, and you mentioned that right there. It's like, how many songs that are out right now are really telling a story to where you can follow it from beginning to end? It's just random words that rhyme in a hot beat. Yeah. Some comedian, uh, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, you know, uh, I just saw a tag, and and somebody tagged me on it, Um, a a young lady uh, comedian, and she she was doing Roxanne, Roxanne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she was she rhymed the first verse of Roxanne Roxanne, and then she did another successful right now groups. Mm-hmm. And it was, oh, I saw it that. It was really right, bad. Right, showing the difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, it really was bad that. by comparison. Right. And you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell people what to like, but I, I do think that um, people are people are normally consumers and not connoisseurs of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were just having this conversation upstairs mm-hmm. about wine. And some people know how to take the glass and stir it and mm-hmm. sniff it. Oh, 1782 oh, with a little you know, bourbon. And they know, oh, they understand all that. Most people aren't connoisseurs of music, so they just, if you keep showing it to them enough, mm-hmm. they'll buy it. So it's kind of like the McDonald's effect. We all know McDonald's is not good for you, mm-hmm. unless this is your sponsor. <laughs> no, uh, unless they like give me yet. some money. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's give me some money, then it's really good. It's, <laughs> it's but. <laughs> but yeah, like, so but be, but they spend so much nugget. money. <laughs> <laughs> Twice on Sundays. No, but, no, but you know, it's just they have marketing. Mm-hmm. They have marketed things to the point where they tricked you into thinking 
the food that ain't good for you, mm -hmm. it, it, because everybody else likes it, it's gotta be good. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've kind of been trained on a diet of trash. I mean, oh, I always yeah. advise people to like, you know, go somewhere, go honestly get out of this country and go eat a, a piece of fish. Mm. You know, have a salad. Like we, we trying to buy organic and even our organic ain't, ain't for real. Right. Mm -hmm. Like like drink some real water to change your life. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Eat some real meat. It's a whole different you you don't get the itis. You get energy off right. of food and water it's and when it's not all the pollutants and all this other stuff they add in it. Money controls everything. Because mm -hmm. if you have money to pay for the marketing, that is what people are going going right. to look at. So it's like you go on the radio and it's all the trash songs with the you know, the beats, that's all you're hearing on the radio. So if you don't have access to any other music, you're gonna think right, exactly. that that's good because mm -hmm. that's what you're listening exactly. to. Exactly. And that's a, that's a, even a new thing because when Raz started and I started, it wasn't that. It was only the free radio. There was no radio you could pay for, mm -hmm. internet that you had that you could, you know what I'm saying? It was nothing like that. Um, and it's interesting that when people have more choices, right. how they take in less information. Well, because, you know, now, for instance, you're, you know that you happen, you have a conversation and you're in, your phone is by you. You have a conversation about whatever, tampons. Next thing you know, it's ton, I don't be doing 10 million. That, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly using a tampon. But anyway, uh, you have a conversation about it, and the next thing you know, that's all that's on your Instagram. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because the that, algorithms, that, the algorithms right. are yeah. set up for that. Like you just give like a little hint and then they're like just showing you those ads. So mm -hmm. you can literally be in, um, for instance, I was talking to one of my friends and she looked at somebody's Instagram that was like 20. We don't see 20 year olds Instagrams because we're not following them. But the, the, their Instagram is, is, is in a state of shock and it's like all they're seeing is the cucumber sucking and all of that other stuff so they're like oh this is cool rather than um <laughs> that's funny because all i see is like people my age talking about how whack it is that's exactly <laughs> that's, my algorithm. that's what your right, algorithm right, is right. if it wasn't for the shade room we probably wouldn't have seen it at all because right. it would have stayed on the little kids stuff but you know right. they, money i just see like spinderella talking about how whack it is right. that's the shit i'd be seeing <laughs> moni love confused about what's going on right i'm like in the <laughs> middle <laughs> I have like the young follow I have young mm -hmm. followers and then the older ones, so it's like I see a little bit of both. Um, you are but very deliberate though about this sort of fraternity of MCs. Yeah. Throughout your entire career, you've been in groups. You've you know, and I want to ask you about Golden State Warriors too because yeah. I want to know what's going on with that. But you've been very much like, what what are we doing, guys? You know, <laughs> you like you you started like your first big record was with on with the Sway and King Tech uh -huh. on the Street Fighter soundtrack. Right. And you was on with some impressive MCs. Mm -hmm. But since then, like when I'm listening to Razcast Spotify, it's all these records with just rappers and producers. <laughs> Working class, bar for bar, rappers right. and producers. Like you're like, whatever, I'm I'm gonna come do a song with you. You know, um, why are you like that? Because <laughs> um, I'm like that too. It's the right thing to do. I know, I'm That's like that why. too, but I find it's rare. Mm -hmm. It's rare. Not everybody's yeah, built like how true. we built. They don't That's care you know, about like the people. And, and I think artists are visionaries. And artists be like, so when you get on, your career becomes about maintaining being on. Mm -hmm. right. So you start being tonal vision about what I got to do, what makes business sense, and you stop thinking. But everything I hear from you, everything I see from you, is not. It's not. It's very competitive. It's like I'm competing with y'all. I'm right. competing with friendly this. competition. Yeah, I'm competing. I'm competing, but we're all in it together. I'm a fan first again, mm -hmm. and um, I enjoy networking, doing creative things with creative people. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm I'm not 
you know, I'm lucky. I've I've worked with Dr. Dre, mm -hmm. you know, DJ Premier, you know, even Kanye. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, the, but you know, Willie's mama from down the street might have a cool beat. Right. So I don't really care about all that, and I think, you know, I, I would hope. Because we don't know what the future holds, you know, nobody, you know, knows I'm gonna be the most popping thing trending mm -hmm. in a month. We don't mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. you know. I don't want it to be because I'm dead, mm -hmm. but you know what I'm saying, for something really positive and mm -hmm. popping and then you pay attention to the music. But um, I want to make music for the sake of making music. When I hear records, I'm almost a and on them. Whether I'm hearing my homeboy's music or it's my music, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, um, nine times out of ten, I'm like, you know who would sound kind of dope just maybe on the hook on this part or just for the intro. So, you know, I always at least try to reach out to people that I hear on things um, to say, hey, man, would you like to be a part of? I wouldn't mind if you just did this part. You know, mm -hmm. like it was really dope to... Um, for the new album, man, you know, I reached out to CeeLo. I know his time is money. Mm -hmm. I, I can't him. afford all, you know, mm -hmm. can't afford to pay him what, what he did. And he didn't ask me for nothing. He was mm -hmm. like, yo, I got you. And he bodied it. And the, the dopest thing was just like, because I heard him on his record. I'm like, yo, I hear you on the hook. He took the record and he was like, you want me to do a verse? And I was like, well, not really. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean not like, like no, no, no disrespect. Like, wait a second, see do do I verse. You know what I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I heard the singing part, but look, mm -hmm. feel free because you may hear something I don't hear. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was just dope. Um, you know, that's how I want to be. No matter what is like, let's make the record the best record it can be. Mm -hmm. Not the record is king. Not be right. Don't be the groupie about who's popular. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've watched that many a times of people just groupie on whoever's popular. It's not even for the sake of making a, a, a hot record or mm -hmm. a great record. It's about you just being whack, being mm -hmm. being being corny about who's popular today. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, bro, I've been popular since middle school. <laughs> That's Honestly. that Libra baby. Yeah, for real, I really. You, you know, he's a Libra, he's a Libra yeah, too. Libra. I always oh, know the Libras. Yeah. I know I have a problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Libra too. So am I. I yeah, okay. And yeah. we're September Libras too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Twenty six. Twenty nine. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know, for me, it's it's just mm -hmm. about for the. I hate to say for the culture, <laughs> but yeah. I, I love the culture. I love mm -hmm. I love the creative aspect of making music that at mm -hmm. least I think is really cool, right. and hopefully other people can enjoy that mm -hmm. journey with me, you know, whether they're popular or not. So that's right. with MCs. I'm always you know, I'm always reaching out to people, based on what the music is telling me to mm -hmm. do. Um, and thank you for having me on Barmageddon, by the way. Oh, thank um, you, brother. I appreciate you that. killed it. Um, I overheard you upstairs mention that your father was a police officer. Yes, sir. The first record that came on my radar from Razzcast. Miami Life. It's Miami Life. I'm after after Police. my dad. That's what that is. Literally. What was that like when he first heard that record? How did he respond to it? Huh, interesting. Um, I don't know. You yeah. know what? We never discussed it. I've never asked him. I've said in interviews and been perfectly honest. Yeah, I was... My pops, I'm like two sides of the same coin mm -hmm. to me and my pops. Mm -hmm. He's the, you know, six foot Marine police officer, mm -hmm. you know, you know, rigid. Mm -hmm. And I'm the one with a bottle. Mm -hmm. Spirited. <laughs> five one. Spirited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm five one with a bottle mm -hmm. hanging out with the homies. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I remember telling my friends, I ain't five one. That was a joke. But anyway. <laughs> um, but, the, but the point is, uh, yeah, like. For example, I remember knowing what time certain uh, shifts, police, police, uh, like departments, mm -hmm. like uh, divisions, 
like, oh, they they change shifts between blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. So I would tell my homies what time to go rob stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because these cars are going in. Right. And those got to wait till the other ones come. So if you wait till they get almost middle to the station, wow. then you rob stuff. So then they don't know if they got to turn around or if they got to go back with the other dudes. Yeah, bro, you know, so, I'm a different kid. I have a question since your father is a cop. So, well, was. He's retired now. Okay, even so. So you grew up, you know, in that dynamic. So how did how do you feel about, you know, the cop violence that is going on and the protesting against the cops and, like, you know, when – People are disrespecting all cops because you know they're saying all cops are bad if they not are not speaking up on the injustices. Well, I, I see. I, I never speak in in in, in complete. So I, I, mm-hmm. I can't figure the term. I mean, absolutes. Right, I don't right. speak in absolutes. So there's no absolute monolithic anything full one way. Um, with police, we need to be talking about it because they killing a lot of people. My pops uh, personally. Um, told me that at some point he kind of got forced out of retirement because his partner planted drugs on a Mexican dude. Um, he says, uh, I, I don't know whether his partner was black, white, Asian, Latino. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask him that. But I remember him, and I remember that time period. And I'm not going to lie. I think he said he was a white guy. I just don't want to incriminate nobody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for, for, for certain. Right, right. But the point of the matter is they knew he was a known drug dealer. But they didn't catch him that time, so dude just planted something mm-hmm. on him. And then my father had to talk, called my, had to talk to my mother, and she's like, "You got to do the right thing." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so he had to go testify. Right. Wow. And then it was like, "Well, you better watch your back." That's bad back. news for a police you, officer. Right. You got to yeah, watch yeah. your back because if they start shooting, they're not going to protect. They're you. not going to protect. Yeah. Them. And so my father had to retire. So I mean, at the same time, I was saying after police. Um, he was going through his own journey, mm. saying after police, having mm. to stand for what he believed in. But yeah, we need to be talking about it. You, can, you know, when you kill a little, look, it, I don't wish this on nobody, but there, there's a problem with Americans. Um, there's a problem with America when you think one kind of life is less than another. One. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have that problem in America mm-hmm. where unfortunately white people can rationalize what happens to a black child. Like, well, maybe he shouldn't throw his hands mm-hmm. up. But if somebody did that to your mother or your father or your kid or your baby, you would die. There's an empathy problem in America. Oh, yeah. Right. And the thing is, at the end of the day, they're they're killing people for no reason. And we've seen so many different yeah. cases where there's a, 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 a white person getting arrested. I literally saw a video of this dude dancing. And they didn't shoot him. They didn't. They just tackled him and arrested him. Like uh, I've seen what him slap the police officer and still. Yeah, get... you seen a stone mountain right. where the dude got his hand on his on his on his pistol. Yeah. And the cop is still like, hey, you know what's right. going on, guy? Right. Um, but it's interesting what you said about, you know, she asked about because that's that's a thing in the activist community that there is no good cops. Mm-hmm. And I have a line on um, on a record I got with Jay Electronica, uh, all of us where I say the good cops either retire or get fired. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know the Serpico story, so it's yeah. like, it, that's what I think that people speak to is that it's so systemic. The police are working for the system. They're working to serve and protect the property. Right. Yeah. So even if you're a good dude, you know, when I was working at Inkiru Books, there was an organization called 100 Black Cops, mm-hmm. and it was led by this one black dude who was in Bed-Stuy. It was black cops in Bed-Stuy who lived in Bed-Stuy, and, which was rare because most of the cops lived in Long Island. Right. And it was exactly. white dudes from Long Island who had, but these exactly. guys were in, they made it a point to live in the neighborhoods they were patrolling and they were trying to be good upstanding 
cops, but I could imagine that it was very hard for them. Mm -hmm. I could imagine that, like you said, what your father went through, when you try to do the right thing, the system is so toxic, that thin blue line, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's really the, the problem. With, they gotta clean with it police, out. Uh, I mean, accountability. You, you, you have to, I mean, the system is already designed for somebody to lose, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I would say this. Um, I, it, I, it's 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 a it's a, a saying, and it was first it came for the communists, then it, and I did nothing. Right, then that's from the the, blah, blah, blah. the priest from uh, Nazi Germany. From Nazi Germany, yeah, talk about the socialists. And then they finally came for the Jews, and then yeah. there was nobody else to come mm -hmm. because you, you understand what I'm saying. So you have a responsibility to, to all humanity mm -hmm. to do what's right, mm -hmm. because if you only care when it happened to you, then it's too late. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it will happen to you too. That's right. And that's what I used to tell my Mexican, my Latino homies, like. You, you, you keep doing politics, even in prison, and hanging out with skinheads, people mm -hmm. that'll kill your mama, and now they want to build a wall around you. Mm -hmm. And guess who's going to stand up with you to say, you don't build a wall nowhere? We will. Mm -hmm. That's right. Black we, and brown we, we unity. We black and brown. We need to right. stay together. Mm -hmm. Same thing, white people. Get it together, bro. If either you either you part of the human race or you mm -hmm. the enemy. That's right. And that's what I'm about. But we're going to call it spade a spade. If you, want, if you want some fuck shit, I got to call you out on it. Can you speak on that a little bit? Because right now there's our country is moving more fascist and more nativist. Mm -hmm. And even in the black community, there are black community, there are people in our community who, who hate immigrants mm -hmm. and who blame some of the problems that we have, some of the uh, systemic problems we have on black people on immigrants. And in L.A. in particular, you have a history of, of tension between black brown and brown and black. communities. Mm -hmm. I feel like the whole black and brown unity in L.A. is more prevalent in two ways. One, because you ha definitely have more of a history of the ten detention, but because there's more of a history of detention, there's more of a need to show the black and brown unity. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think, um, if Khalid Muhammad, mm -hmm. if a man won't treat you right, what makes you think he would teach you right? Mm. Um, we are mistaught as Americans, period. Mm -hmm. Still celebrating false holidays and mm -hmm. fake this and mm -hmm. whatever. They won't teach you, niggas, they still teach you that some white guy discovered something. You mm -hmm. can't discover places with people on it, no. mm -hmm. you know? So we, we are miseducated people. And then, you know, everybody, we live in a country that says, this is the hierarchy, let's not play with it. White man, white woman, Asian man, Asian woman. Blah, 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 blah. Then it's right. black woman, black man. Uh, they got us at it's the black back. man, yeah. black woman, oh, no. for sure. No, it is black woman, black man. Black that, women are the least protected out of everybody. I, 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 we can we, we can agree to disagree. We take because when, when, everybody. When, during slavery, they broke us, they raped you guys and made us watch mm -hmm. under penalty of death. Even, even my, my mother, my mm -hmm. father had to go, go to war my mother just had to get educated. She had a different story, and I'm, I struggle. And I'm not saying those struggles are, uh, I don't compare pain. So I don't mm -hmm. compare, like, the Holocaust with the blah, blah, blah. I say it's all shitty. Mm -hmm. But this caste system was designed to, 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 to cut, the, castrate black men. Yeah, we keep were, them enslaved. We were, we were castrating this purposely. That's why you saw all the shows, even in the TV shows, it was a strong black woman, it was the lazy slouch ass man. Mm -hmm. They've always created that dynamic for us to be beneath, uh, and we gotta recognize our power and protect our women. I'm not saying mm -hmm. you. I think uh, what, you, what, what you're saying is as accurate. I, I think what she's saying is accurate as, as well because um, the numbers support the point that Jasmine is saying. I think the numbers support that. You know, when you talk about uh, 
uh, privilege. We're talking about who has privilege. Like we as black men, everything you're saying is true. The system is designed, especially when we talk about castration, because white supremacy is based on fetishizing us and yeah. making sure that we can't have children mm -hmm. and make sure we don't take their women. And racism is a system of racism is built on that. But I think the the result of it is because as, as women will face the violence more, and you know, and then when we start talking about you know LGBT and, and trans issues, it's like when th those those communities are dealing with like the double. Oppression, yeah, 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 but I don't think oppression. I don't think yeah. I, I think stating those numbers and saying that the numbers back that doesn't take it away from your point at all. Right. But also about the caste system. I say that I say that the black woman is the least protected because at the end of the day we we are we uh, fight for feminists that's for white women we fight for black people black men and then it's like uh, every time when it's like black women are like for instance the Chris Brown situation when Chris Brown was talking about. Um, women in good hair or whatever. I didn't see anybody come to the uh, support of black women but black women. But when there's ever well, there's an with issue that. with black men, I, black women I, I don't always Chris are the Brown, first one. So I wouldn't have known that he said No, I think, I think, I've been seeing, the same way that I think that you're correct when you, when you talk about, when you talk about the data of who's really getting the brunt of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to say like, you know, just because I think that black, I do think that black women are often oppressed at the hands of black men. Oh, yeah. So they deal I, with that yes. too. But with that, that's this is where those conversations back break down i think because while you're right about that i think to say i didn't see anybody that's perception you know okay. what i'm saying and it's like i think it depends on, on on where you're looking it becomes confirmation bias because i think there's plenty of black men who disagreed with those chris chris brown lyrics and and i saw that do we need to step up more absolutely yes. I, I you know what i'm saying yeah. but if if the conversation starts with i didn't see then it's like it starts to cut off okay you know i can i can understand that but um you have had a very unique experience in the industry is because you've been around a lot of, like you said, the Dr. Dre's, the Kanye West, the, the, the people like that, the, you know, the Coolio's, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you've been very, very, you've had major label deals, big budget records, mm -hmm. this and that, but I've also heard you speak about just how difficult that was for you to be yourself in some of those situations. Right. Um, I've heard you talk about advice that Dr. Dre gave you. Mm -hmm. Could you share some of that with us? Um, well, uh, the, the one thing Drake said to me was, uh, I was, I think I was on my second album. I mean, mm -hmm. no, my third album. And uh, he was mixing something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the kind of thing, he, 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 is, he is a lover of just good hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like, he just likes music. He's, he's a fan. Right. And so I, I just remember, yeah, it was the Van Gogh record. And he was like, so how you feeling? I was like, you know, I'm doing okay. Right. I, I was like, yeah, you know, I think it's dope. He's like, ah, oh, you ain't confident. You ain't confident. I was like, <laughs> I was like, bro, I don't have, you know, I, I used to watch, bro and them got budget. They kicked mm -hmm. out Michael Jackson right. from the studio. Paid a million dollars, like beat it. Right. Yeah. Pun intended. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, I don't have the resources you have, Doc. I can't just fly in Mary J. Blige mm -hmm. to see if I want her on the record. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. Like, I don't have that, but with what I got, we got busy, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I started playing him the records, and uh, he uh, time went on. Long story short, he's mixing Eminem's show, and we were in uh, uh, Hollywood at a bar. Um, he had just finished mastering, sequencing, and mastering the album, so he's playing me Eminem's show, and mm -hmm. uh, it's just me and him, and. Uh, 
He's like, when the album coming out? I was like, ah, the company merged and blah, blah, blah. He was like, Raz, if you stay on that label. Oh, and he had gone on MTV and gave me his top five. So okay. it was mm. Rakim, Eminem, Nas, Jay-Z, me. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Excellent it's, company. Oh, yeah, great company yeah. to be in. And uh, he was like, yo, you, you know I gave you top five. I'm like, uh, I heard, trust me. And I, I can always remember, because we had two-way pages back then. Right. I was like, yeah, my two-way went off, fool. Right. I know you oh, gave me a lot of top. I, gave, I know you gave me that love. Right. Thank you, brother. He's like, you know I didn't have to do that. I was like, of course. I, of course, dude. You're right. Dr. Dre. You don't have to give me your top five. Um, he was like, but I said it because it's true. And mm-hmm. I was like, thank you, Doc. And he said, you know, I, and he said, I didn't even like you at the time. I remember that, too. Because I piss people off, and I get it. I'm arrogant. <laughs> I get it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, he, he said, you know, if you, he said, you're a star, Raz. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, you're a star. I was like, you know, things, you know. He's like, no, nah, personality, look, whatever, bro. Like, you a star. You got the talent. You got the skills. He's like, I just don't think that the label, if you stay there, you'll never be the star you are. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it stuck in the back of my head, and it, it just seemed like they kept you know, there's a clause in our contracts that say if your company's either unable or unwilling to perform, then they're in breach of contract. Mm-hmm. And my company was unable, unable and or unwilling. Yeah, I've been and, there before. Yeah, and so yeah. there was just a rough, you know, it was, what I try to tell artists is, you guys running around here shucking and driving to get signed, it's not that easy because now you're playing a politics game. That, mm. You know, my, my head of A&R deaded my Dr. Dre record swore everybody beneath him to secrecy except one person told me that day and after his execs left his bosses that he was like dead that record and i had never done anything but did everything he you know do a song with my artist yeah of course bro da, 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 da. he the dude i spit on at the source awards mm-hmm. but you know what i'm saying like it was crazy like you got people hating you got legal department you got all these departments that I, I'm not giving nobody no hand jobs, right? So mm-hmm. that ain't gonna work out for me, right? So, but you gotta I, be real upset to spit on a nigga, though. Yeah, because he, he tried to. Play <laughs> oh, I thought bro. when you said spit, that no, you yeah, meant, like, he rapped no. on him. No, I forgot I, about yeah, the story until you no, just said no, it. I, oh. I, I spit in my hand and put it in a nigga face bro. and mushed him. Yeah, because 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 I'm, I'm not no sucker, bro. I'm, I'm a watch baby. I don't, we don't play that shit. Right. But I never seen uh, a spit. Sorry, I'm about to get all angry. Reliving the moments. <laughs> no, but but you know, mm-hmm. it's like so. Just imagine trying to get signed and you playing, you know, all this politics with things that have nothing to do with you or somebody that has a weird agenda or might like you. I don't know what it's about. Mm-hmm. But you trying to keep the ship afloat. Meanwhile, your mama and all your homies think you're rich and your girlfriend, everybody think you're rich. You're like, bro, I'm not rich. Bro. Right, you on TV. Right, I'm on you TV. rolling with Dr. Dre. Right. Yeah. I got a couple of checks, but dude, right. it's not like that. And then the crazier thing, with that being said, is after it's run its course and everything is soured, bro, it took me nine years to get fired. They spent more money suing me to keep me than they put in investing in my career. They didn't mm-hmm. pay Dr. Dre. They couldn't afford him. Dr. Mm-hmm. Dre's $500,000 for one beat. Mm-hmm. You think they was going to pay that for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, they, you know, it's like you get yourself mm-hmm. to a certain point, and then the hardest thing is, 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 like you said, that artist thing where you're trying to do what can keep you. You get tunnel vision, mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep the, the ship floating. And then it's crazy because it's people standing on your on your boat popping it out, putting holes in it. You like That's plugging right. holes. That's right. <laughs> For real. And trying to paddle. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, with that experience, it led you to be early on crowdsourcing. Yeah. I think in the hip-hop space. Mm-hmm. Um, Pasta News called me once. 
I was very, very sort of anti-crowdsourcing. And I have to admit, at the time I was anti-crowdsourcing, I wasn't aware of your history with it. Mm -hmm. um, but Pasta News called me and said, we're going to release this Daylight record, I think, with Indiegogo's, who they went mm -hmm. with. And um, I, was, I remember being like, I'll support it, bro, but I don't think it's a good look. He's like, why? I'm like, because y'all De La Soul, man. Like, I don't want to be an executive producer on a De La Soul album. Mm. I want De La, I want as a fan for De La to be, to, I don't want to have to help De La, right? But then they got $500,000. And then my tune changed a little bit. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, now when I spoke to Mace about it, he was like, don't think that that 500000 went in our pocket. Like, we used that to make the record. Mm -hmm. um, but then listening to you talk about it, my tune changed even more because you put it in such a clear business sense in one interview I was watching. You was like, why am I going to press up all these records and have them sitting there and you ain't even ordered one? Right, the steak dinner concept. Yeah. So if I own a restaurant, why should I cook up a thousand steak dinners and hope a thousand people come by them? Mm -hmm. Right. At least with, with, with that, with, the, you know, pre it's the pre-order theory. Mm -hmm. So as long as I know what I'm doing, I can make these many shirts, I can do this many, you know, it, it, it's a direct relationship with your market. We're in a time where it, things are still developing. We don't, look, one minute it was MySpace, then the next minute it's Facebook, mm -hmm. then the next minute it was the gram, then the next minute it was- Right, remember Second Life? Second, yeah. okay, you're showing yeah. your age. What is that? <laughs> now, I remember that my, my label that I was on at the time was like, you have to do Second Life. Yeah. And I got this whole Second Life page that I, I saw the other day that I was like, oh yeah, they was wrong about that shit. Right. Was that so, and that's what we don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and they're constantly evolving and the whole thing is that- No, it wasn't you, Jared, it was after, <laughs> after you. Wait, wait, was that before or after MySpace? That was around the MySpace era, I think. Before or after Black Planet? I'm sure after Black Planet. Yeah, right before Black Planet. Oh, man. Really? I wasn't really on Black Planet. I, was... I wasn't either. I just remember the yeah. homie. I think yeah, homie. yeah, people were getting into relationships <laughs> on Black Planet. Yeah. That was our era. <laughs> 87 babies era. I, I just think there's, so, there's no set model because this is still constantly evolving. The technology, what the trend mm -hmm. may be with whatever mm -hmm. platform is going to keep changing. Somebody's mm -hmm. going to invent something else that we all gotta have, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I, I don't knock anything. Um, and I kind of let my nerve techie friends, cause that wasn't my idea to do um, uh, Indiegogo and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That was my techie nerd right. homie that was like, you had a good a great team. platform. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you gotta have, you know, I, I'm not great at everything. So, you know, it's part of having that team and that infrastructure that suggests some things that mm -hmm. might be out your comfort zone. Fresh um, minds on the team, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and, and let's utilize all platforms and, and, and bubble. Yeah. Because the other part is, I mean, think about this. We're almost right back to where we started. Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So most of them are like, pay us money for these many ads. So mm -hmm. if I'm independent Willie, I got 100 bucks on it for a week. What do you think, you know? Capital Records got on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Right. So now you still doing the same marketing upside down backwards, mm. period. So it's. Yeah, I always tell people who, when they talk about what we do, I'm like, listen, they, I'm not Adele or Jay Z or Beyonce. You're not going to see my face on the side of a bus. Right. Like, where I'm not Taylor Swift, where I could be like, I'm cool on Spotify. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm like, I need it all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's hard to. It's always gonna be money at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. They're gonna outspend us, and that means they're gonna get more promotion. Mm -hmm. My job is to not, I can't be the most 
visible burger. I just got to make a really good burger mm -hmm. and promote the, promote the hell out of it. And keep them coming back to eat Yeah, to get, eat, my, eat at my burger. I'm a mom and pop burger spot. I'm mm -hmm. a, you know, I mean, you know what? My biggest thing is, and this is not a critique, or maybe it is, but it's in love and it ain't no hater stuff. A lot of times I look at, you know, Jay and Yay and so on. So I'm like, bro, y'all got like too big where y'all talking about Picasso's and niggas <laughs> just trying to get their record played. Mm -hmm. So why, when'd you make an outlet for us? And so I really think it, everything went wrong when Bob Johnson sold BET. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, he's a conservative. Yeah, I can't. He wasn't it. thinking like how he's supposed <laughs> to be thinking. Right. That's the problem with having billionaires. Right. We only got 12 billionaires out of 1,600. 1,600 billionaires, 12 are black. Right, and out of those ones, it's like Chris Rock said, they had to be the top of their game in mm -hmm. entertainment to even, you know, he said right. we got to we got to fly to where the white man could walk to. Mm -hmm. right. right, right. But when you think about it, that's the whole game, right? That's the whole problem is that you have people who get billions of dollars or millions of dollars, and, don't keep it and they have no knowledge of self. And so even if we were to get, like, say we were to get reparations, forget billionaires for a second. Say what they were to give us reparations right now. Well, are we politically educated? enough to be able to invest in our communities or are we gonna go out there and you no, know how everybody gonna have a fat gold it's not chain. everybody though it's not everybody. <laughs> and it's not even, i know I'm just it's so... a lot of people and it's like i okay my generation or whatever it's a lot of i hate to say woke because now everybody says that whatever but it's a lot of people in my generation that want to the black people the black community to be bettered and know that investing is what's going to do that like mm -hmm. i have friends that are owning houses and then renting those houses to their other black friends to right. keep that money in the community so that's not what's going to happen to everybody it's like you know a, a large few but the people that are actually going to be able to invest the money they're going to be able right. to do something yeah and i would never speak about the community like it's a monolith right but i do think that when the problem is that uh, is that the reason why we have so much, our dollar is worth so much. Mm -hmm. The black dollar is worth so much, but not for us. Well, I mean, first of all, we're 99% consumer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So black people, and I forgot how much we make per year, but it's insane and it's a shame. But I don't know a store, I don't know a family, I don't know a human being that could sustain being 99% consumer. If you only know country, no government, no restaurant, mm -hmm. if, if, if that's your business model, you're a whore, you're mm -hmm. upside down, you're mm -hmm. a prostitute, you're a slave. And so we've enslaved ourselves mm -hmm. to, to honestly, to, to, to wanting things that may not necessarily be in our best interest. Right. And that's an individual thing. Who am right. I to tell people not to buy right. that's a, that's, that kind of shirt? You can't judge people. Right. No, you can't judge yeah. it, but it needs to be untaught. And it's that's like, exactly that's why right. we need go. to have in our communities where we're having classes that are showing you how to invest your money or mm -hmm. telling you things that you you should buy instead of right. just the name brand thing because like right even and it's up, us that is doing that yeah it's not in the schools it's right. not in the public no. schools it's us that it's are coming us because we community. just have to be cool and it's like we we're a stylish uh ethnic group but we can wear we don't need to wear Gucci. We don't need to wear any of that stuff when we can design our own stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, even with going to the BET, like, it sucks that he sold it because it's like all these black people are working, but they're not working for us. That money's not coming back to us now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking financial liter literacy mixed with political education. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that, really... That, that is fundamentally exactly what it is. Yeah. A while ago, I was doing a mixtape, and I asked you for a record. And you said, I got this record. It's called Catch Me If You, if you Can. <laughs> right? Catch Me If You Can is the name of the record. It's because you were on the run. 
<laughs> you were a fugitive. Oh no. I was I would like to say I walked away. <laughs> okay. Oh you, you can were we on talk the walk? can we talk about this a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um what why were you arrested? Okay, so there is a narrative that we create because I can never tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, because I incriminate people other than I understand myself. So I'm Understood. not a snitch, I don't do tell-alls and all mm-hmm. that. So the narrative was I drank and drive. That's mm-hmm. not quite, that's part of it, but that's not exactly what the story is. Mm-hmm. And so until I decide that I want to bring other people's names into the story, which is totally the factual truth, mm-hmm. um, I just owned it. Mm. I, I blew it. Don't drink and drive. It's not smart. It's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not really the big part of it. At the same time, uh, my company decided that, because that happened like a year before. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you get a good lawyer and, you know, you drag it out. And then I was probably going to have house arrest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also dating like, the boss's niece, and that probably wasn't a good idea. Okay. And we had a bad breakup, and everything really went to shit. So, you know, whatever. So there's mm-hmm. some other extraneous factors. But basically, when they found out that uh, the Dr. Dre record, uh, they couldn't make it to single, um, they said, we're not going to put your album out and shut up and go to jail, and we'll catch you later. Mm-hmm. And then I said, nah, it's not going to work out that way. I got kids. So I went in there with the homie, and... May or may not put a gun on the on the table, mm-hmm. and then I say, "Give me my scuzzy drive," and I took my scuzzy and I flew to New York. Mm-hmm. And that's how it worked. And that's when I ran into you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I bought the stinking Minkin. Right. I bought the stinking Minkin. I bought an apartment. It got me an apartment in Astoria, and uh, yeah, the whole thing was. Uh, I was gonna make this money. I want. I, w- I wanted to make a hundred thousand. You, you know Razzataj. You know my. Mm-hmm. You know. You know Teacher Mo. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing was get some money because I know I'm going to have to sit down probably two or three years, and these people just waited a whole year purposely to kind of wait out the clock because they mad at me because mm-hmm. I can't tell Dr. Dre, I won't tell Dr. Dre to put out the single. It, I'm telling you, that's like, like that that real, um, that arrogance of like, you you do what we tell you to do. Right. Oh, you you know what I'm talking do. about, the shit that some mm-hmm. people do, is that you do what I tell you or you're going to suffer consequences. I'm like, whatever, bro. So I took my stuff, um, made a, a project in the meantime, um, and then I was going to turn myself in. So I always say I never went on a run. I just was not going to reward somebody that disrespected me. This is my career, my, my life. You knew I caught the case. Mm-hmm. But we had a year. We could have shot our videos, done what we needed to do, and I could have sat down and been gone for however long that I was going to be gone. And odds are I wasn't even going to be gone. I would have had house arrest. Mm-hmm. But you probably shouldn't let your label get your lawyer, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I learned a lot. Right. I, I, I learned a lot. Right. So... Um, yeah, that was it. You know, that's, yeah, bought me a black mink from the fur district. From, uh, <laughs> so, uh, how long did you end up? Did you end up getting? I did. I, uh, I was since the three would have, so I ended up doing about twenty, twenty-one months. Oh damn. Yeah. Yeah. I did seventeen hours, and I don't know how I survived. Um, you know, everybody's not built for it. I, mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, for me, um, unfortunately. I'm cut from that cloth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a watch baby. Um, uh, the ironic part is my friends saw me and were like, Raz, you're smart. What are you doing here? Then it's like, <laughs> oh, but you're dumb. Yeah, you should be here. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I got homies and, you know, I, I let my mother mm-hmm. down. I let my kids down. I let myself down. Um, but I'm not, you know, you, you got to learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. I didn't even learn from my mistakes that time. I mm-hmm. still did some more stuff and got myself put back in prison. But, um, 
I mean, I've kind of been doing jail. I, like I said, I didn't like my pops. He was a police officer. So mm -hmm. what do you think I was doing? Wow. Mm -hmm. I was going to, you know, I, I was I was rebelling against my father. So I've been going mm -hmm. to juvenile hall and CYA since whenever. Back in the so, day. So I'm cut from that cloth. I'm okay with it. Like, honestly, I always tell people, uh, you know, if you want to do nothing with your life, <laughs> but you want a roof over your head, just go to prison. You'll be all right. And what do you think changed your, um, what, what, what happened that you decided, oh, okay, I'm done with going to prison? Ah, money. Mm. <laughs> I like money and women. Like, it's fun to touch girls. Do you understand? <laughs> I know. Do you understand what, first of all, pr pr prison is, prison is, uh, 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 De uh, like sensory deprivation. That's mm. purposely what they're doing to you. Yeah, Asada talks yeah. about that, and yeah. she talks about solitary in her in her autobiography about yeah. that being the worst part of prison, mm. not having access to human touch. Yeah, to human touch because we're dudes in there. So unless you want to be touched by a dude, mm -hmm. I, I that's not my issue. So mm -hmm. yeah, man, like when you just like ah, bro, but you ain't touched a human being in four months. Mm. So you just waiting for a visit so you can hug your mom, smell a woman, mm. smell, you know, smell, touch a hand that's soft and get a hug, you know, mm. and that you start being much more rigid. And, and, and some people never come back from that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even I was, a, you know, it's going to affect you no matter what. And I didn't have any traumatic per se experience. I had the normal experience, but it just it, it sucks. It sucks mm. to not be it sucks to. Everybody in prison, well, I wouldn't say everybody shouldn't talk in, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, but there's so Absolutely. many people in there that made a mistake and probably got sentenced harsher than they should have been sentenced that actually aren't even bad people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people had drug problems. Um, a lot of people have money problems. Mm -hmm. That's why people poverty steal stuff. Poverty. Mental poverty. health needs yeah. to be people so People are penalized for, for poverty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, it, literally homeless people go to, they take them to jail because they're homeless and call it loitering. Right. Like, it, what, where are they going to go? It's crazy because I think I said this on a, another episode, and it's like, we can definitely limit the amount of people that are on jail if you make it, make it easier for people to live. You're giving people minimum wage that they can live off of because sometimes, a lot of times people are committing crimes just to survive. Like they don't yeah, want to be a criminal. And, and, well, the other part is you got to remember and somebody's got to lose. This is all for profit. These prisons are for profit. Same thing, with they, right now they're locking, locking up little brown babies and taking them, stealing them from their parents mm -hmm. for profit. It cost, it cost, right now we are all paying in our taxes. I believe the number was Four hundred dollars a day for them to not give right. a kid nothing to eat, to give them a, not give a, a baby a shower, a shower. So mm -hmm. like we live in an evil country right now. Mm -hmm. We should own that. We should all we own it and hate. And we all responsible our, for it too. We are all responsible mm -hmm. for an evil, evil country. And what we have, whatever we get collectively, we earned it right now. It's sad. Because if it happened to any of our family members, our little babies, you would be ready to kill something. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, it costs. $40 to put a, to, to feed a kid and keep the families together, blah, 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 blah. We're paying 400 for them to abuse the babies. Mm. Mm. And that's what prison is. It costs 10000 a year to incarcerate and $1,000 a year to g give a kid an education book and the da-da-da. Mental health. Right. So, so we know what we're doing. Our country knows what it's doing. This is not by accident. It's by design. Somebody wants to lose. They're like... Who's the fodder for the cannon? Did, did you ever? I'm sorry because I was talking about something very serious, but I just thought about something really funny. Uh -huh. Did you ever see? Uh, <laughs> did you ever see? Uh, uh, 
South Park when they had Operation uh, Darkies in front. They yes. was going to war. <laughs> yes. they, had it. they had all the, bl- right, they had all right. the black niggas strapped to the tanks. Right, right, right. That's the South Park movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's funny. But that's what He's this like, is. what about the Emancipation Proclamation? <laughs> I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> they had the darkies on. They had all the darkies right. on the tank, bro. So that's what this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Comedy, though. I mean, that's it. And we're living in that. It's, mm-hmm. it's always fodder, and that's what prison is about. Somebody's got to lose so they can make some bread. If if you got everybody back right, no one's making money. Well, well, you can't make money that way by being an evil person. Mm-hmm. But some people are wired that way, and some people that think. I was just reading about it's crazy the the, the pedophile dude. Mm-hmm. He was on his whole thing was that he was just going to inseminate so the future people don't. Which dude? Don't, There's so many of them. D- I was just about to d- say d- that. D- it's d- a d- lot. D- Epstein. Epstein, Epstein oh. is mm-hmm. actually on some eugenics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. He, his whole thing was, that's why he was raping young, young, up, upstate New York, you know. Right, right. You know, girls, but he wanted to breed everybody after him and don't feed the homeless, let them die, you know, Darwinian. Billionaire law. talk. Yeah, billionaire talk. You know what's crazy about that? There's a, I did a Comedy Central show called uh, This Is Not Happening. And I told a story about going to this billionaire's house and he was having this extravagant party with it was just him and a bunch of girls and me and Lana Ritchie. It was the only only dudes there. Just me and Lana Ritchie. Wow. Right? And um <laughs> I told the story in Comedy Central. And the the end of the story is I stayed well, I was supposed to stay for three nights. I stayed one night and after the first night I was like, this is not my scene. Mm. I gotta get up out of here. Like I felt like the evil spirit. Mm. Wow. You know, and I tell the story, you know, I called my father that night and I was like, I didn't something's not right, I gotta leave. The girls I was with was the wrong type of girls I should have been hanging out with. Right. You know, they was of age, but they right. was the wrong <laughs> type. You know disclaimer. Yeah. 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 But that disclaimer is important mm-hmm. because his name comes up in the Epstein report. They boys. That's who he was hanging out with. So I, I never understood exactly what made me want to leave until this year. Yeah. I'm like, that's whatever that was he was. Confirmation of what you're six. Whatever he was going on, whatever was going on, I didn't need to be around that. Right. Yeah, man. You got to go with your gut. You got to. Yeah, rap life brings us to some... I remember the guy who picked me up, he lived on some island in the Bahamas, and the guy who picked me up was like, his personal driver or something, she was like, oh, so you're a rapper, huh? Like, I was the rapper. Wow. You know, has he ever been in a party where you're the rap guy? Right. It's like that yeah. movie, uh, 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 the, the Boots, Boots Riley movie, when they're like, rap, rap, rap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry to bother you. Oh. Yeah. So um, oh, I saw that. Blue Da Vinci is your cousin. Yes, he is. From BMF. Yes. Now, when you say that, did y'all grow up together? Yeah. Um, okay. Blue, well, there, there's two in, in BMF. So mm-hmm. S-Class, who's mm-hmm. a producer, he's from Inglewood. That's Stephen Baptiste. Mm-hmm. And then there's Blue. So mm-hmm. we, I have a big family out here. My family's first generation. Well, I'm first generation L.A. dude. My mm-hmm. mother came out here when she was... 17 mm-hmm. um, with my grandmother. So my grandmother's family came from Mansour, Louisiana. Uh, let's see, eight sisters, four brothers. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then we sprinkle out the Watts, basically. And so I have a big family out here. We don't all hang. Bec- and then, the, you know, intra mm-hmm. politics of families. My grandmother, th- some people didn't like her husband. Mm-hmm. 
because my grand my grandfather was dark skinned, mm-hmm. was a dark skinned dude from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You know, politics yeah, yeah, and yeah. families, mm-hmm. bro. Just that color, mm-hmm. light skinned, dark skinned stuff. I mean, it mm-hmm. happens, man. Absolutely. We, we do it to ourselves first. Mm-hmm. So, um, not all of us were close. And then there's different age brackets. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So when I'm 15, they like. 12, mm-hmm. I don't want to hang with them. Right, I right. want to hang with the 17 year old. Right. So um, we we got cooler through the music when I first started working on, on music. Because mm-hmm. um, Steph is a producer, Blue was the rapper. And, and after the first album, my whole thing was, I can't, you know, my, you know, my cousin was kind of upset, Steph, uh, S class, he he was a little upset because he was like, "Yo, I'm sending you beats. Why don't you use no beats?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "Look, I'm not in the power position. I'm not Tupac, and they are really fighting with me on what beats to use." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I'll tell you what the logic is. I'll just take Blue with me. They can't. They can. T- they can kind of f- fight with me about the beats mm-hmm. if it ain't Diamond D or so and so, whatever. Um, but they can't fight with me on who my hype man could be. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. I pulled Blue in with me on that level." Mm-hmm. Um, also, our big blues, my my cousin Annie's also from the the gang of the neighborhood mm-hmm. that that we live in. Right. So, Wino, my big homie, is his big homie on some straight G on some right. G shit. Right. And so, it was just easier. It was an easier fit. Yeah. To 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 have him travel with us. Wino is the first person that introduced us to DJ Pooh. Mm-hmm. DJ Pooh. Shout just out to, to DJ Pooh. He puts. Um, he just takes a liking to Blue because Blue just had a big mouth and was like funny. He had mm-hmm. jokes. He a gunner. He a street dude. But he's also hilariously funny. Mm-hmm. So Blue was funny. Pooh wrote uh, him into a movie, Three Strikes, and mm-hmm. let him be Blue in the movie. Right. Love that movie. And <laughs> then from there, Pooh and Wino met Meech and them because they had came out here mm-hmm. specifically to work with Pooh. Mm-hmm. And then... Blue got pulled in. And then, honestly, the truth of that story is, Meech, I was supposed to be the, the president. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be me as a president, kind of like some, um, I'm going to think of something like, like a Dane Dash Jay-Z right, type right, right. thing. So I would have been the president, Blue would be the artist, because mm-hmm. I'm the one that had the experience on, on a major deal. Mm-hmm. I opted out, Blue went in as the artist and the, mm-hmm. the CEO with Meech. Um, and then they were out here in LA, but it wasn't it wasn't really making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a weird time in LA. And I, you know, my logic was that I know my home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, cause you know, Meech and them, they were really good dudes, man. And, mm-hmm. and I've been around a lot of money. I've been around football money, basketball mm-hmm. money, music industry money. I ain't never seen money like that. So Me I neither. I was like, bro, y'all like the Benetton of cocaine, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a couple of them parties and BMF parties in Atlanta and Miami back in the My day. Cousin. This is before they got to Atlanta. Okay. So, so that was why I, Patchworks is also foundationally made for my journey mm-hmm. by, in Atlanta. So my whole thing was take this to the Wodies. That's what I called Atlanta dudes at the time. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, take this to the Wodies because if you stay in L.A., they gonna start sending tri- chicks at you, a mm. torpedo, cause y'all got way too much money and don't nobody really know y'all. Mm-hmm. You know, they know That's Blue, stuff. but Blue ain't never had Maseratis and blah, blah, blahs. Right. And right. Th- I remember one time they all come into the club. <laughs> they was all in the club. <laughs> they look crazy. <laughs> they, they look crazy, cause uh-huh. I was like, who is these dudes in this? It was these dudes in like 
uh, uh, a night at Roxbury. Uh huh. Yeah, they had them kind right, of. They came on. in like. Finally. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so they had the night. Rock- and it was Misha Blue. I'm like, I'm like, what is that y'all got on? He's like, no, the shark skin. I was right, like, shark bro, that don't suit. work here, bro. <laughs> uh, you can't, that's not a good outfit for LA. Right. But they was, you know, they just had money. And, and my logic was, and I'm sure Blue and they all realized that. There was some other things that happened. I was like, bro, these dudes is jackers. They're going to be haters. They're going to be mad at y'all because mm-hmm. y'all out here doing it way big, big, big. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, um, I know I'm... You know, I know I threw that idea out. At some point, they decided to use the favor and go to Atlanta, go to mm-hmm. Patchworks, and the rest is history. Next thing you know, um, crime. <laughs> when I'm in prison, crime. Mm-hmm. I'm calling collect and crime. Get on the phone like, um, you, you, your cousin Blue was crazy. <laughs> Wait, is that your crime down impersonation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Exhibit like. Blue going to jail. <laughs> now I talk to Blue. He's right. like, man, I don't care. We was in the club. I think basically, mm-hmm. apparently, they created making it rain. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. I've seen. They I see some things. Like I was, I was partying. Really, not so much Atlanta, you know, but the Miami. Miami, scene. yeah. Bro. When they was in Miami, it was like. <sighs> yeah. So when they throw up BMF, they throwing up one I know. Mm-hmm. Which is our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, period. It's designed. The whole hand sick everything. Mm-hmm. So the the streets is blue and all our homies and then each of them had money, 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 mm-hmm. money, money, money. It wasn't there an issue with Rick Ross for talking about I'm a big they call me Big Meech? Um uh, I I don't know. I don't, I won't say I much about what I yeah. Um I no, no, he said I think I'm Big Meech. Um yeah. but he never met Big Meech. He never met me. She, right. I, Blue, t- I mean, you know, Blue will tell you that. It, look, when you get popular, everybody thinks they know you. You know what right. I'm saying? But it was a reference. I mean, like, yeah. like we were just talking about, yeah. it was a huge thing in Miami. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta. Ross, they was you know, but Ross was in Miami. Like, he's in them clubs with right. Khaled at Opium at that time, right. seeing how they doing it. So it was more like a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, a, a, like a reference. Respect a, thing, yeah, yeah, a rhyme reference, yeah. So they was like, back in the days, they were saying, I'm going to the club, I'm going to make a movie. Yeah. Right? You've been in it. Maybe as many movies as albums as you have. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a full-fledged actor, like actor, actor. You've I been mean, in the hood classics, my nigga. I, I have, uh, yeah, you know. He's a method actor, well, actually. This That's man why is. He a, did his I stuff. got the hookup. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about how that happened. Uh, just because Pete was a cool dude, mm-hmm. man. You know, um, honestly, you know, shout out once again. You know, free big meets too. Mm-hmm. Um, P was always a nice dude to me. He's my label mate, mm-hmm. Priority Records, and uh, he actually just called me. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, Baldy, what you doing?" Right, 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 right. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, he, he did right. that. He put me in. Uh, he put me in Foolish too. I, mm-hmm. I believe uh, there's a part where I'm walking up with Eddie Griffin and." I just get to say, hey, I'm Rascass. And then I start, <laughs> like, I don't know. Connections get you more things than anything. And I that's think relationships. Yeah, yeah that's a, Networking. And that's yeah. what it's like. Because it's not just about talent. Because you can have the same talent as someone else. But it's like, okay, who do I want to spend all day on set with? Yeah, true. For L.A., though, it's, it's kind of ill. Because it's like, y'all are have this proximity to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't be in L.A. as much now. But I spent ten, a good 10 years yeah. living in L.A. And uh, coming from the East Coast, what I notice is... You know, when you come from the East Coast and you're here to work in the entertainment industry, 
you're not you're not spending no time in the hoods in LA. Mm-hmm. Of course. You don't really get to the hood until you start to know people, you start visiting right. people, you're like, oh, this is not West Hollywood mm-hmm. or right. wherever it is was right. it was having me. No home. Yeah, wherever right. you are be at, you know. I live in the jungle, street cred baby. Well, you know, she came out here to grind. <laughs> wow, yeah, she came, came out here to out grind. Crack. Yeah, yeah you know. I'm in the jungle, baby. <laughs> what I notice is I feel like LA is the type of town where it could be seductive if you're not on a billboard, you're not really doing it. Or if you're not in some sort of TV thing or some sort of... And everyone, like you just said, Blue Da Vinci was in the Pooh movie. Pooh was writing movies. Right. These, but these are streets that do it. You in the movies. Like, it's it's adjacent to, to like, Watts. You in Watts, but like Hollywood is on the horizon. Right. right? I, I think what, it, what, what the interesting dynamic to me is, is that we have a natural, what we had. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about younger, you know, the 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. We had a natural abhorrence to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We coined the term. Mm-hmm. You're acting Hollywood. Right, right. So we're very specific. It's just like a New York dude, nine times out of ten, especially in the city, probably wouldn't say, I'm from New York. He'd be like, I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Bronx, Queens, Long Island. New York, what's that? What's that? Yeah, Long yeah, Island, yeah, what's baby. I got to do with, you know, yeah. what block I live on in right. Brooklyn. Were you from Syracuse, nigga? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. I think, I, I, I think... A lot of us had a natural like we want. This is before downtown even got popping. We had we all partied and met mm-hmm. in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and that's where everybody, whether you were from Long Beach, Inglewood, uh, West Covina, you know Venice Beach, whatever. That that was our mm-hmm. point of meeting. The Valley, whoever came in, that's where we all mm-hmm. met and hung out at, and that's kind of where you would get those opportunities to do movie stuff, and then that's when people look like, oh, I want to be an actor, or I want to be a dancer, or I want to be, you know, and then we had to start, we worked and played in, in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, but then we went back home to, to our places in L.A., and, mm-hmm. and, and so we, we have, we're spread out, whereas New York is built up, so you're forced to deal with people, we don't really have to. Mm-hmm. We have a different mentality, so we're very clicky, I always feel like, I feel mm-hmm. like, LA's a very clicky place. Like it's like, oh, I hang with these guys. Mm-hmm. And so and, and literally there was a time when the young black actors only hung out with the young black rappers. Mm-hmm. They didn't even we didn't even hang out with the black R and B guys. Mm-hmm. And then the young white actor kids hung you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we yeah, yeah. really did that. Yeah. Like it 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 would be Keenan and Kale throwing how you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Little house parties and only certain people could, you know, go hang out. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because, like, I realized that because, you know, I've lived in a bunch of places now. In New York, like, it takes you the most an hour to get anywhere unless you're going upstate. But here, like, California is very spread out. L.A. is very spread out. And it's very clickish. Very clickish. And then it's going to be hard to get through those doors unless you, once know again, somebody. we establish that people are social, you know, social and networking and who you know. So that's people start going to specific clubs because they mm-hmm. want to be down with those actor kids mm-hmm. or they want to be down with those rapper dudes or, you know, or they want to be directors. It's like, it's kind of crazy because we really have, like, those bars. Right. It's like, oh, that's the director people's bars. Mm-hmm. That's, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. Right. We, right. we got a very interesting dynamic. As somebody, Raskaz, as somebody who has been listed on Pitchfork and about and all these, you know, not so much knowing about the culture, but you also on Dr. Dre's list. Like, you listed <laughs> on all these top ten lists in people's top five. Who... I'm not going to ask you who your top five is. But, you. but who, right, you know, we get that. Right. right. Dying, I'm going to ask you, dying. who are the MCs that influence your style? Like, for me, 
I can say my style is like a, a, a amalgamation of Karis One, Q-Tip, Early Ice Cube. You put that in a pot, you got you, what I'm you, doing. You got what you was cooking with. Yeah. That's that's pretty. Let's see. All right, I'm gonna have to go. Karis One. Chris I, is definitely for oh, what no, we yeah, do for me, like yeah, yeah. the for, standard bearer. It's 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 a. I don't know what, if it's Ice Cube or Ren. It's one of them. So that's that's our interlope, our, our, our overlap right there, yeah. right? That's our our interlope. <laughs> <laughs> our overlap is Karis and Ice Cube. And Ice Cube. That's why we get along. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of my third though. I, um, Q-Tip for me because one, the native tongues. I felt comfortable when I saw that De La Soul video and Jungle Brother. I'm like, I'm not a tough guy like that. I'm like. That I I look like them. I, I relate to them. And then Q-Tip had a soft voice, and I always had a soft voice. So, just ha- for him being so good at his craft, but naming himself something off and quirky, right. having right. a soft voice, not really being hard and gangster, right. that was my lane. But I was also like pro-black, and I thought I was Ice Cube and Q-Tip at the same time because I wanted to be fiery, <laughs> right. but I was like also like native tongueish too. With, with, with the with the easy listening voice. A yeah, bit. yeah. I don't know who my third is. That that. It would be somewhere between a, a pun and an L mm. and a, you know, a that pharaoh, you know, um, just like lyrics. Yeah, just a real, no intonation, just bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I noticed that about your tracks, though. Like your most compelling tracks are that. To me, that's what I know I'm gonna get rats because, like, this is rap shit. Right. For other rappers. Yeah. To impress other rappers. I'm talking to my. I'm talking to my peers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did one, Grammy speech. I wrote this mm-hmm. record called Grammy speech because, um, you know, at, at the rate I'm going, I may not win right, one. Right, And so I just wrote what I would say. Right, I'm still from that Chuck <laughs> D school. Who gives a fuck about a goddamn Grammy? You know, Crib, Chuck D. You know. I, I just wanted to, I, I was thinking about ODB mm-hmm. when I wrote it. So I was just thinking like. Wu-Tang for the children? Right. Yeah. And <laughs> what would I say in that moment if I was right. there and just He like, said, Puffy's good. <laughs> But Wu Tang is for the, the children. That's the part people forget. Yeah. He said Puffy's good, but, but Wu Tang is for the children. children. Yeah. No, he, he, so I, it, it was just you know it was inspired by ODB. You know, mm-hmm. just keeping it one, keeping it a buck. And so I just re- wrote that scenario. It's on the new album, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but those are the ones where I, I right. feel like only my MCs would imagine. Because I, I, I've just you know I know you've been to at a award show and just been like. Had to spit on a nigga. <laughs> no, no. no, a mush spit. That's what, that's oh, yeah, it was awesome. Did. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but with that said, is there anybody new? Who are the newer dudes that? And I'm talking strictly lyricists. I'm not talking popularity. You know, I never do that because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm such a fan of so many people, and I'm not gonna remember everybody. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you do a disservice, and, and then people do a, a lot of plugging the same names. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love hip hop. Mm. I, I will say this. I feel like 2017, 18, and we'll see about 19. I'm still waiting to see. Mm-hmm. But I felt like last two years, amazing years in hip hop. Mm. People made fire albums. Like, you know, just, yeah. you know, I just, I've just really been yeah. impressed with the quality of people going and doing a craft. Um, you know, uh, Book of Ryan. Uh, that's the one that was on my mind. Book when you Ryan. said people been making incredible albums, the first thing that popped in my head was Book of Ryan. Yeah, man. That's like, the one over the last couple of years. That one got, made me just, God damn, this nigga busy. Royce, man. He got J. Busy. Cole is my 
person. They call it super dope. Yes, of course, of course. I, I just, like I said, I just didn't want to name right, right, right. one mm-hmm. and not and name all else. these other amazing people that are doing right. an amazing jobs. But so. I agree with you that Booker Ryan deserves a special yes, place. Yes, yeah. yes. Past three years. But, yeah, Royce did that. Mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. crazy. But shout out to all the dope people and groups that have been really making amazing mm-hmm. music, man. I just, it's just... As a fan, I've been, you know, it's a battery in my back, and I, 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 nobody signs up. And if, you, well, if you did, that's your mental issue. I didn't sign up for second place, mm-hmm. so I didn't sign up to be, you know, riding nobody else. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. there are no, you know, seat belts on, mm-hmm. on, on cocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not riding no, none of that. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. There's no seat belts. Seatbelts on Cox. <laughs> so, you know, my, my, my thing is I'm going to be first, and I'm trying to make the best I can make to mm-hmm. be number one. But just because I'm striving to be the best mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't give everybody their props. That's so right. I'm, I think everybody that's making good music deserves their props. Well, number one in the hearts and the minds of the people, Razzcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah!